I think uh, my favourite thing from the auction was when we all started John's uh, little stretching campaign at the start. So for those that didn't attend, like John tried to warm the crowd up with a few, you know, stretches of the upper arm ready for auction time. Going one, going quiet, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod. All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn, and I am joined by only one superstar of the pod today, Patrick Berry. Welcome to the studio, my friend. Yep, best. Flies the best are, of yes, the, the best. Well, yeah. Look, I didn't want to. I didn't want to throw it out there, but I will say the the best of the rest is uh, sitting opposite <laughs> me. I we we worked out that John is um, Alveston, Devonport, somewhere Some, in the north of somewhere state. there. Just randomly came up yesterday and said, "Oh, heading up to REIT board meeting for the next three days, Paddy. See you when I get back." Well, see, I heard a rumor that he's getting media trained um, for this event. Like he's got a um, so Bassy came in and said, "Oh." J-Max getting media trained. I said, what? Is that what they're doing up there? Oh, I don't know, apparently, something like that, just so he doesn't put his foot in it. And I said, oh, well, that's kind of John's bread and butter. <laughs> so, putting his foot in it, digging a hole and getting out of it is what he lives for. They don't, they don't want him to be on camera reporting on behalf of the REIT until he's media trained. Well, look, the funny thing is, I'll, I'll, I'll shout out there for John, is uh, he has a way with words and he has a way of digging holes, getting out of them. Um, so, yes, I can imagine they're trying to um, ascertain Something out of him and REIT president said this. <laughs> like the whole world comes crashing down. But, but speaking of the way that he can um, spin words just across the weekend, I went to my first ever auction. I've never been to one. It's funny you say that because you said digging a hole and that made me think of the auction because oh, it was like a development site. <laughs> well, yeah, look, I don't, don't probably, as I drove up to the auction, there was like a big, um, what is it, MKH, the trailer that you were borrowing from your mate who does excavation. I'm like, man, these guys are prepared. Like we are ready to buy the property. And they're going to dig at the moment. Like it, the, the hammer comes down. We're breaking dirt. <laughs> and I tell you what, for a split second there, when John was doing the auction, I did get the urge to bid. Oh, I yeah. was like, did you start scratching your nose and think like, uh, oh, we're going to raise it a little uh, higher? I was thinking uh, that seems pretty good value for money at the moment. Yeah, look, so yeah, shout out to all the people that showed up, and shout out to Aaron and and John for their marketing campaign. Yeah, forty five people turned up to the auction. Forty eight yeah. people, somewhere there. So the front yard was just heaving with people. I don't know, it was crazy. I kind of pulled up and I was like, oh, I can't find a park. <laughs> I didn't expect this. So I, I I rolled along. It wasn't too far from my place and I thought I'd come and grab some Happy Snaps and some stock footage for the for the company and I roll in and I'm like, holy moly, there's people everywhere. <laughs> it's because can't find a park because idiots like me turned up with a giant trailer <laughs> and truck. Here's <laughs> what it is. Um, so, yeah, they they ran the auction. John, um, in typical John fashion, had uh, some interesting sales points. I think there was like 37,000 cats would fit on the property. Something like that or 38 cricket pitches or something he described the size of the land with. It was- I thought he should have mentioned it and, and half a football stadium would have <laughs> fit on there pretty well. So. Um, I think uh, my favourite thing from the auction was when we all started John's uh, little stretching campaign at the start. So for those that didn't attend, like John tried to warm the crowd up with a few, you know, stretches of the upper arm ready for auction time. I did quite enjoy that. That one was 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 pretty pretty ripe. I, the thing I really liked was seeing Aaron Murray doing the um, kind of working the crowd and the bidders and stuff yeah, like so that. Yeah, so we had four, that- four bidders on the day. Yeah. And, yeah, watching Murray walk around all four and, you know, just, you know, no, this is pretty good. You don't want to let this one go over that bar over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, you, look, shout out to him for 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 getting amongst it and and kind of yeah, working working the buyers. So yeah, to see them work as a team and and try and um yeah, get the thing over the line. I, I quite enjoyed it. I was like, <laughs> I, I think I lent it over to you and said, 
I felt like I'm in Melbourne. Like, this feels, <laughs> this feels legit. Oh, your friend Mark from school was there and he said it felt like a Melbourne auction. Yeah. So there you go. Well, <laughs> even he leant over and he said, what do you reckon, me and you? We could go halves on this bad boy. <laughs> I, said, uh, <laughs> I said, I've been looking into my mortgage, but I don't think I could settle on this one. Imagine if you went home. Uh, so, Sarah. Yeah. Um, about that auction. <laughs> you know how we went and checked out that house the other day? Well, I found us one and a whole lot of land. So, yeah, no, look, shout out to the um, to the crew for putting that together. It was a fun little uh, event and, and something kind of, yeah, unexpected across my journey in real estate, what it's been. Why don't, why, I know we've talked about this before, why aren't auctions as popular here as, like, you know, you, you hear about the auction results in the mainland every weekend. I think it comes down to population and supply and demand. Yeah. I think if I was to think why auctions work really well in Melbourne is there's such a high volume of people that live there and so homes are seen, a, especially in really popular areas. Like I'm sure Melbourne's known as auction capital. Oh, exactly, yeah. But I could guarantee not every suburb of Melbourne is prone for auction campaigns. Okay, yep, sure. I think we see it in the media much like we see Australia's prices are dropping by 5%. We're not seeing that here in Hobart, but. Yeah, well, this is the same thing with the yeah, rental thing. Like- yeah, rental crisis and how we're not seeing that here in Hobart. Like I think with auctions, Melbourne is seen as the capital, but I would I would guess, and I'm correct, if anyone from Melbourne is listening and they are a real estate agent, feel free to tell me I'm 100% wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I just feel like maybe certain suburbs are popular as far as auctions go, but other suburbs not so much. That would actually be a really interesting stat to look up. I'm sure there's a way of working out like how many are private trading, how many are auctions, mm-hmm. and, and seeing like a little map. I reckon realestate.com would have something. Yeah, so I reckon you're in a suburbs like your Hawthorns, your St Kilda's, yep. all of those ones that are sort of that 20-minute yep. drive from CBD. Everybody's wanting to get in here, I reckon get to those. They are, Prime for auctions, but yep. I reckon those newer build suburbs that are 45 minutes out on the highway. More private treaty yeah. out that way. But I might be wrong, but yeah. I'm just guessing. No, look, <laughs> uh, you're, the, you're the agent. You know and the stuff. I think that's why down here in Tassie it doesn't work. Like, um, you know, you got to have a pretty unique property. If I was just to auction a three-bed, two-bath property in Glenorchy, yep. it probably wouldn't get much traction as far as an auction goes. Well, even You've got like, to have a spin or a something unique about it. Yes, and even in this property, like it was a, a really great development opportunity if the developers aren't looking or like building seems to have come Slowed to a up. standstill. Yep. Despite needing houses being grown everywhere. <laughs> so grown. I just said like that. Can we just plant a seed and the house will grow? <laughs> Imagine that. Now there's a <laughs> there's a um, business idea. I'll go to Shark Tank with that. It's called a house seed. And what you do is you pop it in the ground. Well, you've seen on TikTok those fruits that they put in the plastic mold and they grow into. Oh, I get sucked into all those things, yeah. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can make a tomato that looks like a skull? <laughs> so ridiculous. They get me every time. Um, but, yeah, so, look, obviously, yeah, you've got a, a rare opportunity for a developer, but, yeah, you've got to have the right market and you've got to have the right people looking. So, yeah, totally makes sense. Gotcha. No problem, robber. <laughs> Just having a man in a motorbike suit tell me that he's going to meet me somewhere. Yeah. I've got a drug deal to do. It did have GTA vibes yeah, about it. it. <laughs> um, all right. Where it's we built like this. Yeah. The, the muscle man. <laughs> um, I've no idea where we were now. No, nah, we're talking about development. Hold on a sec. So, look, I'm, I'm going to jump from development to development. I, I walked Development through. to development. Well, look, we were talking about the development of this place and there's not developers doing anything up there. But I saw an article and I know I've seen you, I know I've seen you looking at it because I walked past your computer and you were having a little yarn. Uh, you know what I'm going to bring up? I do know what you're going to bring up. The Brighton Foreshore. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about the Brighton Foreshore because I've 
I've seen it. I had a very clickbaity. It said new development, 32 homes or something on the Brighton foreshore. And I'm like, where the bloody hell is the Brighton foreshore? Well, looking at the Mercury comments, I think there was 120 comments and they're all basically Brighton's inland. Yeah. There is no foreshore. That's what I was trying to And like out. there's one there's rivulet, a little little rivulet. Rivulet. Yeah. yeah, I was like, man, like what? <laughs> if you can sell that, you can sell anything. <laughs> uh, look, the Mercury, they're all about clickbait these days. They've got to convince you to open up the article. But uh, the Mercury is referring to Bridgewater. Not because they're idiots and don't know the difference between Bridgewater and Brighton. Yeah. But Bridgewater falls into the Brighton municipality. Okay. So it's like saying Mona is in Glenorchy. Technically it's in Berridale, but it's still in the Glenorchy. City. Yeah, the city council. of Glenorchy. Yeah, in that so catchment. I guess that's how you sort of look at it. And it sounds more impressive, I it guess, to say like, Brighton than Bridgewater in the article. It was so perplexing. And, yeah, as Pat's mentioned, it's inland for anybody that's not in the area. So this, yeah, tiny little town inland and then this foreshore idea. But looking at the plans, looks pretty cool. Yeah, so it's a bucket load of units. Oh, I think it's three bedroom and one bedroom apartments they're building in this complex, um, offering fifty three car parks as well as for offsite parking. So yeah. it looks like a really good development and a really good opportunity to get a huge amount of volume of homes. And with the um, bridge, uh, the Bridgewater Bridge being redeveloped and planned to be finished mm. two years from now, one year from now. I have no idea. Twenty twenty eight. I thought. Oh, so that far miles away. Oh man! But I might be way and truly wrong. No, I could be. Well, one of us is wrong. We're, we're all wrong. <laughs> Fact check. <laughs> um, but with that coming in and that kind kind of um, yeah, speeding up that um, transition from outer city to inner city could definitely raise prices oh, in that e- area. You'd expect it would have to. Like, look at Rokeby compared to what it was ten years ago. Yeah. Um, that Glebe Hill Estate being built and sort of coming up to the Rokeby Clarendon Vale border has just shifted that whole area as well. Well, yeah, it's got its own Maccas and stuff like that up there now and, yeah, parks and kind of actually my kids go play there often with the um, with the in-laws and they yeah. love it and it's, yeah, a buzzing little kind Yeah, of- so I think um, if you look at that as an example of how a suburb can change and become more valuable relatively fast, things like the Bridgewater Bridge, the new shopping centre, there's the new Brighton High School that's um, currently under construction yep. as well, all of those and that's actually in Brighton, not in <laughs> All of those things are things, though, that are going to grow that area and improve the value in that area over time. All right. So, so we're now, good on the segues today. Now, <laughs> this is where I want to – you're talking about prices growing in this area. Yeah. I'm talking about another Mercury article, which we were going to talk about last week. You're going to be able to pull the stats up on it for me. But literally it was saying the fastest growing – anyway, the button point on it is a Bridgewater home – was worth a million dollars. Could be worth a million dollars in <laughs> five, five years' time. time. I think that's what it was. Um, you know, cut to a commercial. I quickly bring yeah, up this. Well, stats. while you're bringing while you're bringing that up again, it came across the desk of my understanding of it is the amount of growth that's been happening. This is from Prop Track. The yep. amount of growth that's been happening in the past five years. Mm-hmm. If you were to extrapolate that into the future, homes in Bridgewater could be worth up to a million dollars. And that's the argument, um, whether or not that is the case. Um, I think there was a similar article not long ago about Gagebrook as well, but not quite hitting the million-dollar mark. So a few different people are looking at these models and, once again, it's clickbait. Like at the end of the day, yes. someone's seeing a heading that says Bridgewater worth $1 million. You're going to look gonna, at it. You're gonna be, especially if you're in the area, you're going to be like, holy shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, blue-collar areas to go to $1 million by 2028, future median prices for suburbs reveal. So they're expecting Bridgewater to be a top performing suburb with a staggering 134% increase in the median sale price. And that does it say how long across like the 
it goes on in this particular article, and we will share this, I assume, in the show notes, yep. um, to exceed a million and get to 1.124 million. Um, with New Northwark and Primrose Sands expected to hit a, a million and 80,000 as well. So these are some crazy numbers they're predicting. And, you know, in hindsight, you can't really expect it to happen. But so, know, but did we, have a, did we have a discussion just out in our bunker? Were we saying, like, imagine 10 years ago if you'd have told somebody that you'd be paying 400000 for a place in Bridgewater. Well, we were talking about this because when I was in 2007, I started selling homes yep. and I sold a lot in the Bridgewater area and they were ranged from 120 to 150 Yeah. Like a really polished home, like top of the line in Bridgewater was 180 and that was a stupid price for it. Yes. Now you're getting 480 for some properties in Bridgewater. I sold one a week or two ago for $455,000. Like, and yeah. this is, what, 10 years? So if you take that kind of and that's data, how that's, that's how, how they've, they've created this, this model number. to project. Yes. Right? So we've seen go from 150 to 450. Like it's a ridiculous percentage of growth. And uh, so kind of at, at the moment what we're seeing with obviously the interest rate rises and inflation and trying to get the economy back into um, a state of normality, mm-hmm. we're seeing the market kind of dip at this stage. But in a few years' time, could it – kick back into gear and then end up well, with numbers like this making sense? <laughs> It'll have to hit that number one day, whether or not it's between now and 2028. Yep. I don't think so, in all honesty. Yep. Um, you have to remember these mainland economists, they're looking at suburbs right across the country and they're solely looking at past performance data and using that performance over a period of time to predict future performance. Sure. Where we all know things don't, always work that way. No, no. Um, they're not taking into account area, what it has to offer, things like that, and they're just looking solely on numbers. So we would have to have, God, I would hate to even think how you would fathom prices at that sort of price without some major wage well, growth as well. And then I would I would say, like, from there, if you were to bring it in, then your Glenorchies are going to be worth 1.7. Well, that was the interesting thing about this article. So I've got the graph here and it's predicting only an 81% growth for Glenorchy, which was only going to put it at um, $1 million and $1,000. So this is the stupid thing. They're basically saying Bridgewater is going to be worth $120,000 more than Glenorchy. Okay. So anyone that lives in Southern Tasmania knows that that's probably not going to be the case. Yeah. Glenorchy has way more services. It's closer to Hobart. Yep. It's got way a lot more to offer than Bridgewater currently does. There's no way a further outlining suburb could be worth more, be than, worth more than an inland, a closer suburb to the CBD. Yeah. Because if you've got the choice between buying in Glenorchy, which is a 10-minute drive to Hobart, or buying in Bridgewater, which is a 30-minute drive to Hobart, who's paying $125,000 more for Bridgewater over Glenorchy? Yeah, and then you've got to think of like the age of a bunch of the properties. Like I guess the only thing that mm. Bridgewater might have over Glenorchy in five years' time is that there might be a bunch more new properties because there's more area to build these new developments. So you've got that going for it. Um, It would have to be a lot of new homes and they would because they've got to offset the older homes. Well, so, you know, if you've got 3,000 homes in the area, you'd have to build a bucket load to sell at that higher price. Yes, 7,000 new ones um, in the Brighton for sure. Like I'm all for uh, economists working out things. Um, it'd be interesting to get a different economist like Domain or realestate.com. I think REA have five or six economists on their payroll. Yep. Like PropTrack has one. So it'd be interesting. Not Nothing against this guy. Oh, no. Uh, it'd look, be like, really yeah, interesting to see what, crunch the numbers yeah, and bring what it all together. These, these other economists predict for some of these suburbs um, because, yeah, it to me doesn't seem 
viable. No, look, it's, it's. I think there will be growth there, and I think if you are a long-term investor, then buying in the area now, you wouldn't lose money. Yeah, I, th- I think Aaron Murray here in the office is talking about new financial year about buying another rental property, and he's got Bridgewater and Gagebrook on his short list. Yeah, for sure, because he believes there will be growth. And I'm not denying there won't be, but I don't think there's going to be 140, 134% in growth in yes. that period of time. That's a monstrous number. Like, geez, if we saw 50% growth, that would be still a ridiculous price. You're up seven, eight hundred thousand. I was going to say that's eight hundred thousand yeah. dollar home in Bridgewater. Yeah. So even 50% doesn't seem at this point feasible. Yeah. But who knows? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Look, the numbers don't lie. It'd be interesting to see what happens. It's but very you know, exciting. the bit that I just can't get my head around is how this same report hasn't predicted Glenorchy to increase more than that. Yeah, yeah. Like I get that they're saying Glenorchy's already higher in values, so therefore it, it doesn't have as far to grow. To grow. Yep. I understand that, but I still can't understand how a suburb that's closer with more features cannot be worth more than an outlying suburb. Yeah, so I guess the, the way that, um, yeah, you've got Glenorchy already as a hub of, excitement and things happening. Like obviously we live in the area, so we're going to be talking Talk it up. up sort of thing. And, and Bridgewater is being Bridge, um, and growing. And getting there. Like they have got some really good community events happening out there and they've got some really strong drivers out there that are getting things yeah, up, and actually, up off the ground. I think the winter feast thing, remember last year we had the crew from the Kudalana Collective come in and um, talk up their winter feast. I think that's coming along later this month. And in the Bridgewater community. In the Bridgewater also, area, yeah. They also do a really good youth week event that we're always part of as well. So yeah. there are some really good community events happening. But I think the Lenorke still just has that little bit more happening, right? Well, speaking of happening things, this is funny um, and kind of the flannelette curtain. I was just on the weekend. Did you head along to that To the North um, Festival, the market? In- I did and I froze my backside <laughs> off. Far out it was gold. But, all right, so anyone out there, To the North is um, in its third year of running. It's run by the crew that do um, St. Albie and um, it's in Moona. It's just along Albert Road. They had a market. I think it started off with like, 20 stalls. Last year was 40 stalls. It was up to about 80 stalls this year. Mm. I went along. It was a hive of activity. There was things happening everywhere. So you got there a lot later than I did. Yes. I was there at 8.30, 9 o'clock. And it was a good crowd, but it felt empty. Yeah, so yeah. I saw photos that you took later. Heaving. So to, I went at 8.30, grabbed some coffee and a breakfast before I went off to BMX race. And had some Filipino breakfast. Yeah, I did. But yeah. I also had a toasted sandwich from the toasted sandwich shop. Yeah. And that took nearly 15 minutes to get. I would hate to think by the time you got there how long it was taking to get a toasted sandwich. Wow. We, we tried to get donuts and they were actually all, they were like, oh, it's about 30 minutes away off just for the fryer to do all the donuts. Jeez. So I said, oh, Jack, we might have to go get an ice cream. <laughs> we might have to stop at Coles. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. But that being said, got a coffee from the um, crew at Sage and Lily. That was delicious. Um, and it was just a cool little event in this Harbour, I actually had to explain to Jack. I said, oh, we're going to this market. And he said, supermarket? I said, oh, no, no, outdoor market. What? It doesn't have a roof. <laughs> I was like, no, mate, this one doesn't have a roof. This is out in the open and you get to walk on the road. And knowing how much he loves um, garbage bins, I got to see every single garbage bin at this event. And don't you worry, there was no rubbish on the ground. There was piles and piles of rubbish in, in red bins, green bin, yellow bins. They were all covered. So anybody that needs to know about waste management in in and around Moona and Glenorchy. Jack's your man. Jack's your man. So don't you worry about that. <laughs> no, I think the guys did a great job. I love how this event keeps growing each mm. year and it seems to get bigger and better each year. Um, I'd love, love the fact that it also brings a lot of the local businesses in on it as well. So there's that nice crossover. A lot of it seems to be 
things from within the community itself. Yeah, yeah. No, the crazy bit of it is that it it's kind of that little hipster side of Moona, which 10 years ago or before the flannel curtain kind of moved, wasn't hipster. It was kind of more um, your boomer market. Mm. The amount of young people I saw with hip yeah. hats. and but Just keep in mind, I think Moona's going to be worth less than Bridgewater in another five years. Well, look, that, that's, that's kind of <laughs> that's the bit the I bit don't get. Case. Yeah, that's the bit I don't get. So it's very interesting that that's, that's where we're going. Very nice um, yeah, way of popping that together, Pat. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> no problem, mate. <laughs> um, I think that's all we've got time for today. We don't have John to kind of spin his wheels and give us time to think about um, what we're actually saying. <laughs> we're really under the pump. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, good luck up north. I know you're doing – you're in the Miami of – um, Tasmania, Alveston, because your your dad's over in Miami at what's the event? He's at a real estate event in Miami, Chris. Chris, yeah, I don't know what the event's called. Nah, oh well, <laughs> he's over there doing that. So the McGregor boys are out and about in the Miamis of their respective areas. Yep, they're just learning about real estate and and getting it done. And hopefully, J Mac will be back on the mic next month. Because I'm not counting this month. <laughs> no, no, you never know. I realise I meant to say next week. Yeah, no, you never know with that guy. <laughs> but let's he'll be, be honest. He'll be trained. He'll be. He'll come in and he'll be just like, boys, I'm not allowed to say that. I'm not allowed to say this. Uh, These are the, uh, and it'll be like, yeah, it's just a good team effort. We jumped in, and uh, I don't want any individual accolades. It was all just about the team. So, oh, thanks, J Mac. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> I can't wait to see him on the mic next week. Looking forward to it. All right, thanks, guys. That's the property pod for another week. Ciao. Bye. I think that flowed pretty well. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Code. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.